Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. There are three that bear record in heaven, that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. We looked at two of them. The other one is Jesus himself. The Pharisees in John chapter 8 verse 13 said this. The Pharisees said to him, you bear witness of yourself and your witness is not true. And Jesus answered them and said, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from and where I am going. You judge according to the flesh, and I judge no one. And yet if I do judge, my judgment is true. And I am, For I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. How amazing is your love. Welcome to our Bible study on Truth in Christ Radio. Scripture says, If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. Everybody, every day, receives the witness of men regarding various things. Therefore, we should have much more confidence in the witness of God when He tells us who Jesus is. John doesn't want us to believe with blind faith. Instead, our faith is to be based on reliable testimony, and we have the most reliable testimony possible, the witness of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's message. And bring you into God-likeness. It's impossible. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Isn't that what it says in Romans? He says to the Rome, he says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, no height, no depth, nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Aren't you glad? Love that. There's nothing that can separate you. In fact, in John chapter 10, it says, God holds you in the palm of his hand. The same one who created the, 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 the universe, and he holds it all in the span of his hand. He says, I hold you in my hand. No one can take you out of it. No one can take you out of it. If you're one of mine, believe me, you may go through tribulation, not the great tribulation, but you may go through tribulation, difficulty in your life, because we all do. There's no one exempt from that. But no one's going to be able to take you out. I'm going to hold you. Even when you are hanging by a thread and you want to let go because your faith has come to an end and you're just like, Lord, I, I just, I can't, I don't even have the strength to believe anymore. He's like, I got you. Man, that kind of love changes you, doesn't it? It ought to. Changes me. And just reading this and talking about this, man, it's just tearing me up inside. It's so wonderful, isn't it? Love it. Verse 6, it says, This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. Now, these next few verses are, are very difficult, um, I'll be honest with you. 
Uh, there's been a lot said about them, but I'll, I'll share with you what I believe, and I, I, I've been, you know, what this means. You can take it or leave it, because, uh, but I believe the Lord is in this. When it speaks of water, that, that Jesus came by water and blood, when it speaks of the water, it speaks of his baptism. He came, and he baptized. He allowed himself to be baptized. He who knew no sin was willing to be baptized to identify his self with us, fallen man. He, he went through the process. He went through the rite. And John, he said, John, suffer this, allow this for now, for, it, 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 for us to fulfill all righteousness. We have to do this. Baptize me, John. And he did. And he also came by blood. And it's speaking of the crucifixion. You know, the blood of Jesus was the very blood of God. Now, this is really interesting. I just learned something new. And uh, maybe some doctors in the room will be able to corroborate this, but I believe this is the truth. There was not any blood line of, uh, from the line of Joseph in Jesus, meaning that we know that he came, that Joseph, his, his foster parent, really, uh, his, his, uh, his caretaker, he was from the line of Judah, and so was, so was Mary. But the blood in Christ, there was no bloodline. I mean, they came through that physical line, but the blood that was in Jesus was holy blood. And I just learned something, and maybe you can help me with this if this is true or not, but from what I understand, that the blood that flowed through the veins of Jesus while still in Mary's womb is his own blood and not his mother's. And not one drop of, it, of the blood passes from the mother to the child. So if that be the case, that means that if a, if a mother has some kind of blood uh, issue, that it's not going to contaminate the child. And so this blood that came... The blood, the very blood of Christ, the precious blood of Christ, didn't have any hint of man in it at all. That's why his blood was so precious on the cross. I know that's interesting, isn't it? When you read about the birth of a, a mother and a, and a, and a, and a child, and the, there's, the, the blood is not mixed. They're separate. And if I'm wrong on that, let me know, but I heard that on pretty good authority, so it's true. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it makes sense, too. That's just the way God is. And that's why Jesus, when his, when his blood was on the cross, it wasn't so much the blood of Mary. It wasn't the, the blood of the line of Judah that got the job done. It was the holy blood of God because Ad, or Joseph had nothing to do with it. Mary had nothing to do with it, honestly, other than just being the shell to be the, 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 the tent that the, the Jesus was born through. But even her blood didn't mix Jesus had holy blood, and that's why his blood is, here's a good word, efficacious for our sin. And no doubt, John wanted to put to rest a heresy that was going on in the first century. There was a gentleman by the name of Serinthus, uh, and he, had, he was circulating a false doctrine about the humanity of Jesus, and he contended that Jesus' that Jesus's spirit descended on the human Jesus at his baptism, but left him right before his crucifixion. But that's not what the Bible says. That's a heresy. He was fully God and fully man hanging on that cross. There was no, none of this nonsense that something left him before. No, he was fully God from the beginning to the ending. And when he cried out on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's because he was forsaken by a holy God. For a time, he was stricken, smitten, and afflicted 
Going on to verse 6, this is he who came by water and blood. And notice at the end of that verse, and it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. In John chapter 15, it speaks of the Spirit of God because Jesus said, when the helper, when the paraclete comes, when this helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, he defines who this is, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. This is the idea of bear, bears witness in that phrase, and it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. That word bears witness is this very verse. He will testify, he will bear witness of me. It's the same word, and it, it means martyrio, and it's the same thing. It's the same thing. He's going to bear witness of it, he's going to utter it, he's going to give a testimony, he's going to be a witness of it. Verse 7 For there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Remember, everyone knows the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? Everybody knows that. But remember in the very first chapter of, of, of John's Gospel, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it said in verse 14 of John chapter 1, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Well, guess what? Right here it defines it for us in First John 5, verse 7. There are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, the Logos, this is who Jesus is. He is one. He is the, a part of the triune Godhead. He is equal. And also, the witness of the Father. There are three that witness in heaven. We see this in Matthew chapter 3, when John was baptizing Jesus. It says in Matthew 3, verse 13, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized of him. And he says, Are you willing to, uh, I need to be baptized of you. Are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said, Permit it to be so now. And then he went on to say, And when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending. There is a witness of the Spirit at the very least, but also God the Father speaking from heaven. Suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. There it is, the witness of the Father and the Spirit and what about on Matthew chapter 17 at the Mount of Transfiguration? Remember when they were up there and, the, and, and they saw Moses and Elijah and Peter got all excited. Hey, let's build, three, let's build three tents here and hang out, have some s'mores. And then a cloud overshadowed them and said, suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him, the witness of the Father and also Jesus himself. The Word. There are three that bear record in heaven, that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. We looked at two of them. The other one is Jesus himself. The Pharisees in John chapter 8 verse 13 said this. The Pharisees said to him, you bear witness of yourself and your witness is not true. And Jesus answered them and said, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going, but you do not know where I come from and where I am going. You judge according to the flesh, and I judge no one. And yet if I do judge, my judgment is true. And I am, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. And it is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am the one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. Very interesting. We'll come back to that. In verse 8 it says, and there are three that bear witness on the earth now. First the heavens, 
the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And now there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. And again, when we look at the Spirit, it speaks of the Spirit of God indwelling us. Because you are the witness to the world. Without the Spirit of God in us, do you realize this world will be even more of a mess than it is now? But because you, you are the one who restrains what is in you, the Spirit of God in you is restraining the darkness of this world from going further and further and further. Believe me, when the church is removed, there's going to be no stopping the laws or the, 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 the power of darkness is going to sweep over this world like you've never seen it. And everyone's going to be really happy about it. Because finally we got rid of these fundamental idiots. That's what they call us. These born-again believers, thank God they're, they're gone. Can't wait for the rapture. We'll have the whole world to ourselves. People want us to leave because they want their own way. And believe me, they're going to get it. They're going to get it. And woe to them. So it speaks of the Spirit of God, the witness of the Spirit of God in you. And it also speaks of water because you and I, if you've been born again, be baptized. Be baptized, because what is being baptized? It's a witness to friends and family and to the world around us of the reality of Christ in us. And when I go down into the water, I become one with him in his death. When I come up out of the water, I am one with him in the newness of life and the resurrection. And it's a, it's a right. It's not something that Jesus commanded it, but it's not something you need to do to be saved. It's something you do because you're saved. You get baptized. That is a witness. There are three that bear witness in the earth. The, the, um, the spirit in us, the baptism by the water, and certainly the blood because the salvation that we have received has been once and for all secured for us by Jesus Christ on the cross. And these three agree in one, it says at the end of chapter 8. And isn't that what it says in Deuteronomy? In fact, our, even, even in our laws, in our courtrooms of America, we have this. You know, it says in Deuteronomy 17, verse 6, Whoever is deserving of death shall be put to death on the testimony of two or three witnesses. He shall not be put to death on the testimony of one witness. In Deuteronomy 19, verse 15, it says, One witness shall not rise against a man concerning any iniquity or any sin that he commits, but by the mouth of two or three witnesses the matter shall be established. So haven't we established already? There are three that bear record in heaven. There are three that bear record on earth, the witness, and they all agree. There's no reason for anyone to be intellectually misunderstanding what's happening. (laughs) There's no reason for any one of us to to back away because we don't have enough knowledge or that that there's something not right. No, there are three that bear record in heaven, and there are three that bear record in earth, and they all agree in one. Isn't that wonderful? Aren't you glad that you don't, when you go into a courtroom in America... That somebody doesn't say, um, one witness comes up and says, I saw this man, um, you know, killing somebody. And you're like, what are you talking about? Just because they're angry with you, they don't like you, so they're going to defame you. It sounds like something that's happened. Well, I shouldn't say it. I almost went somewhere, but I won't. So, (laughs) and you you think about that. You know, somebody wrongfully, and, and, and can you imagine the judge going, wow, you're that convinced that he really, you saw it? R- really, you saw it? Yeah, re- really, okay. Will you put your hand on the, on, the, on the Bible and swear that? Oh, sure, I'll do that. I swear he did it. I saw him do it. He doesn't even have an alibi, but I saw him. He did it. The judge says, okay, take him to the chair. Aren't you glad it's not like that? In our court system, two or three witnesses... Two or three witnesses. 
That's how fair God is, especially when it comes to life. Putting someone to death, boy, you'd better have witnesses, and they better have, there better be more than two or th- you know at least two or three. And the, and everything lines up, then you're you're in bad shape. They got you on video. They saw you. People saw you. It's doesn't look good. But aren't you glad? There's more to it than that. If we receive the witness of man, the witness of God, which he has test, uh, I'm sorry, if we receive the witness of man, the, wit- the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, that w- which he has testified of his son. And see, because God is perfect, we should be resting in his witness rather than man's witness. You know, there are people today, unfortunately, that will believe a tradition in the church. They'll believe a tradition of man rather than what the word of God says. This is completely dangerous. It is dangerous to take and hold to yourself some something that just has been done in the church for hundreds of years, even thousands of years. Nobody's ever questioned it. I have no idea why. But why is it? There's no foundation of it in the Word of God, and yet people will follow it, and they'll be tenacious like a bulldog. No, this is right. This is what we do in our church. Even though it flies in the face, contradicts the Word of God completely, yeah, it happens. It happens. That's why we need to be in the Word of God. That's why we need this. We need the very word of God infused in us. And that's why reading it every day is so important, so important. God's word is perfect, it's absolute, it's inerrant, it's infallible. He who believes, verse 10, is the Son of God, who has, has the witness in, I'm sorry, he who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. And he who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given has given us his son. You know, all throughout the Bible, it's about the witness of Jesus. I mean, there are so many things. In fact, in Psalm 40, David said this. He says, speaking almost if in, the, in the first person of Christ, he says, Behold, I come, in the volume of the book, it is written of me. And the only book they had at that time was the Old Testament. In all the book, it is written of me. The Bible, the Old Testament, was written about Christ. He's all over everything. The plan of redemption is, is there in great vivid color, if you're willing to see it. And let me tell you, in Isaiah chapter 55, I love this. God's ways are better than our ways. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, says the Lord, nor are your ways my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Oh, not so, God. I got a better plan. I got a better thing going on. I know better. Oh, really? You've got, uh, you've got all your pedigrees after your name. You've gone to Harvard, and you've gone to Oxford, and you've gone to Yale, and, and you've got all these degrees after you, but yet, why are you a child of hell? Why are you living the way you're living, and yet you claim to have all the answers, and you, you, you exalt your knowledge? Well, let me tell you, knowledge is not bad unless it takes you from God. Having a higher learning is not bad. Going to college is not bad. It's not but you better be careful. You better be careful. So many colleges today are turning the hearts of so many kids. Kids in the church going to college, and now because their foundation, and because they weren't ready, now they go to a public school or they go to a college, and believe me, the peer pressure is intense. It is intense. And then when you got not only the kids that your, your, your fellows, you know, your, your, uh, 
your uh, peers, but you've got people who hold your degree over your head. You've paid thousands of dollars for this class, and you have to agree with them. And if you don't agree with them, guess what? You're going to have a hard time. And some of them will use that because they're human. If they know you're a Christian and that you're sold out and you're going to, you know, <laughs> you start talking about the creation and they're so bent on evolution, boy, you're going to have a problem. Are you willing to stand for the truth? There is a price. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. You remember in John chapter 11 where Lazarus had passed away and Jesus waited he could, have, he could have kept Lazarus from dying, but he chose to wait a few days. He's dead, now he's going to be in the tomb for a couple days. And as Jesus made his way to Bethany, Mary and Martha, you know, they come out to him, and Martha comes out to him, and as soon as she see, saw Jesus coming, she went to him and she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And, but now, even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, he will give it to you. And Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. And Martha said, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. She had an understanding that the resurrection was going to occur. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ You are the Messiah. You are the anointed one. You are the Son of God who is to come into the world. He is the resurrection and the life. We're going to have to stop there. We're going to take communion together. So if uh, the worship team could come on up. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. We do this in remembrance of him. And these tokens that we have available to us, these are not the literal body and blood of Jesus. These are tokens. Even Jesus, that night when, he, when, they, when, they, when they did the Last Supper, when they, when, when they after the, the Seder, the Passover Seder, they, he broke the bread and, and he took the wine. He said, this is my body. He didn't tear off a piece of himself. He took the bread. This is my, it's symbolic. We all understand that. Bread is symbolic of my body. Here it is. Take it and eat it. Duh. <laughs> now this is the, my blood of the new covenant. Take it. Drink it. It's, it's, it's like my blood, but it's not my blood. It's symbolic. Take it. Drink it. Do this as often as you will in remembrance of me. And so that's why we do this. To remember Jesus, the great sacrifice, he is the resurrection and the life. And because of what he did on the cross, we know that he's going to come for us and he's going to resurrect us. Father, we thank you and we pray that you'd just bless our time of worship and our time of communion. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for um, what you've done for us, Lord. You truly are the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Lord, this morning we just want to remember again what you've done. And, and Lord, we pray that, Lord, you would even have even more of our lives going forward from here, Lord, that our life would be consecrated greater than it had been when we came in this morning. Lord, that our life would mean something. It would mean something for you. It will be a witness to you, Lord, and, and a witness to the people that you love that are around us, that we love, and even some people that we're having a hard time loving. Lord, would you please do the work in us? 
Help us to love like you've loved. The demonstration, the example that you are and, and were. Lord, may our lives truly be marked by this love, this agape love of God. And so, Lord, we, we take this bread in remembrance of the bo- your body that was broken for us, Lord. And we do it with thanksgiving. Let's partake. I'm sorry that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as we continue our study in John's epistles. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.